Welcome to Transition, Gadgets 360's gaming and pop culture podcast. In today's episode, we are not going to be talking about gaming at all because Game of Thrones just ended. So we have a pop culture nerd that is Akhil Arora. Hey everyone. To talk about Game of Thrones, all the episodes and not just the last and the second last episode which is, you know, the biggest in this season. So, uh first up, I think we should just quickly recap what we discussed in the previous uh, episode. I think 6 weeks ago we recorded one episode which yeah. had uh, Game of Thrones in it. Um so in that episode we just spoke about the first episode of of the 7th se- season of Game of Thrones where a lot of things happened and started with a rather dramatic scene of uh, Arya impersonating Walder Frey and mm. then killing off their entire family <laughs> in one go and, and we expected a lot from Arya like beyond that we thought yeah. like that would be the beginning of pro- probably like a massacre across yeah. Westeros but now we know that that wasn't to be the case and there would be a much shorter arc for her than yeah. we expected probably Yep so the first episode did uh, lay the groundwork for some of the things that happened later but yeah. by and large it was not an indicator of uh, everything that was to happen in the season i mean we were definitely yeah. not prepared for all the like innumerable things that happened in the Which seventh season Which we discussed yeah over the next half an hour whatever how long it takes yeah so i think uh, maybe you know now that the first episode is out of the way maybe we can talk about like uh, how much the show has moved on from the books considering mm. that now you know george <laughs> r r martin's snail space of writing the books has really hurt the show you know in in many ways yeah it has because he's so obsessed with detail that it's taken him forever like i mean it's taken him so long that for comparison the last book came out when the show began on hbo mm. and we've been watching game of thrones for 7 years when we, ha- we don't have a new book that mm. is an insane gap even for a series that began all the way back in 1996 and has been going on for now two decades with just five books to show for it and we still have one more book after this book yeah. so i'm pretty sure this is not going to end this decade this saga at least in george r r martin's case but it is definitely ending for hbo yeah but you know i mean uh, i am not sure if george r r martin will be able to complete this series <laughs> <laughs> like like as it before happened, his lifetime yeah as it happened with uh, robert jordan who wrote the wheel of time series yeah. ultimately brandon sanderson had to step in and finish off the whole thing that would be sad because i'm not because like, the the amount of work and knowledge obviously the, he has of the world even though he has shared some of it we have like encyclopedia books like the world of ice and fire where he has like spoken with other authors who might be capable of taking in but i feel like he still obviously knows the characters more than even anyone else right because he's been with them longer than anyone else so it would i mean hope we hopefully come from his mind and then not from someone else's interpretations of his writings mm yeah that's true but then i felt at least that in uh, robert jordan's case the series did benefit from getting a new author on board okay uh, because he passed away after the 11th book right. in that series and uh, at that time he i think mentioned that one more book and it will be over and mm. then the other guy sanderson came in and he saw all the material left and he said no there's no way i can complete this in <laughs> one book so i'll make three books and the last of them was some 1500 pages so imagine that yeah. much material was left so something similar is happening here clearly the ability of the original author to condense that material into one book is uh, like expected uh, like you know you don't you can't expect the other author to yeah. just step in and do that um, but yeah i mean in in this case let's see how it goes uh, like i would definitely have loved to see some of the like insane dialogue and interactions that mm. made the show famous rather than you know so much action um 
because if you remember i think uh, was it the previous season where the sept of belo was uh, destroyed and yeah, yeah. F- finally yeah so in the previous season like they uh, laid the groundwork for everything and finally that you know major event mm. happened right so that shows that they borrowed some material from george ara martin himself yeah, i feel like until at least season 5 he had a very strong hand cuz he had i feel like he gave them much more uh, of the groundwork what they established on so they could they had lot lot to go on I feel like now he's so busy with his own creating books also because they're not parallel to each other anymore are they because mm. uh, there's so many characters who are not dead in the books which are gone from the show and there's so many characters which exist in the books which have never come on the show because he's sort of created a much expanded universe so like there are more greyjoy brothers there's a, another targaryen which we've never heard of in the show which will be very surprising to some listeners and so because of that because his world is expanding so much it also takes more of an effort to contract it which is why i feel like he sort of shied away from the show because he doesn't want to be sort of influenced or be bothered about thinking two different worlds hmm. when for him it's only one world yeah and also like you know his way of anyway contracting his expanding world was to kill off people <laughs> <laughs> that way the story would just you know uh, come back to fewer characters yeah but then overall i do feel that in some ways um, like a lot has happened in this uh, season but it did feel way too rushed like um, yeah which was like a conscious decision right cuz mm. for some reason i don't know why i'm sure hbo wouldn't mind four or five more seasons of this but for some reason the creator showrunners binoff and weiss did not want to extend it they mm. they i mean they've said in interviews they always thought of it as a 73 75 hour mo- movie and it is sort of going towards that because we hit 60 hours uh with season 6 and now they wanted like 13 episodes which is what they're getting from HBO they got seven episodes this season and now we have six more episodes the next season though they have hinted at every episode reaching like movie lengths hmm. so from. that means in the in the future we can maybe expect like two hour episodes yeah we could we could <laughs> definitely get that cuz like even um a few actors have hinted that in interviews you know that they basically want to create what a movie for tv because hmm. hbo has steadfastly refused to release this in theaters hmm. even though i feel like game of thrones is easily better than 90% of the things we get in the summer the ho- hollywood summer as we normally call it hmm. and it, i mean why wouldn't you right i mean the scale they produce it on the writing i mean even though if it's uh worse of this year but the scale of it and the action of it i would love to see watch game of thrones in the theater if yep. it was possible But yeah but then you know i don't think you'd want to watch it in indian theaters <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a different whole ball game where yeah, yeah i mean there will be cutting off so many parts that probably hbo would just shy away yeah this is too violent cut it off let's let's not have this yeah, scene I mean, at all yeah i mean like even as something as as taboo as incest for them i'm pretty sure yeah. it will not work for them so yeah that would obviously spoil uh, the entire thing but it would still make for a huge experience i mean hmm. if it was hbo ever thought of that yeah so that yeah but this season was also plagued by so many technical issues right uh, which i mean some of which were uh, to do with leaks from indian companies some of which were to do with leaks from accidental yeah airings yeah, own uh, companies in spain yeah i mean i mean even though i was just surprising for me was that even though it was leaked the viewership around the world still did not like fall for those episodes hmm. so i think the fourth one which was the first that leaked in india uh which was a, the part from the prime focus which is the technology partner for star india uh i thought that would affect it because that came out the weekend so it was like perfectly placed uh, on a friday evening to like you know for people to watch it before sunday but that game of thrones hit its viewership peak in the us that mm. sunday 
which just shows you that people would rather wait for it sometimes and watch it or maybe it was quality and even that argument was disproved 2 weeks later mm. when we had the 6th episode leak in full hd from the websites of hbo nordic and hbo spade mm. and that was available for 5 days and even then i think game of thrones only fell to like still like 10 million but like just like a lower 10 million mm. which just like shows that people are willing to like wait for it and watch it with everyone else sort of like you know as a social experience and not like what maybe they're watching it twice i don't know who it could be both yeah it could be both and also uh, perhaps it's just that people don't care you know like uh, whether it's yeah because uh, it's it's an effort right you still have yeah. to like go find the proper link make sure it's not like a uh, malware or something and then download it and then sort of get it on a device and watch it and when you could just wait yeah moral of the story is that amount of money these companies spend on avoiding piracy and what not probably not worth it in the long run if your show yeah. is that good then people will pay, uh, yeah, pay to watch it yeah the show is good cuz like i think it's it does work at the opposite so i remember a couple of years ago probably more than a couple of years ago remember the expendables 3 the terrible franchise so mm-hmm. that leaked before it hit theaters and that it did affect the movie's revenue because the movie was terrible yep so because people saw it and talked about it in social media nobody went to watch it yeah so if your show is good if your movie is good i don't yeah. think piracy then it will really piracy stop people doesn't. from you know paying for True. it yeah All right so then um uh, I think I think from here on we should talk about like uh, some things that happened uh, through the course of the season so obviously the last episode is like quite heavy on my mind considering that I watched it was the it, recent one yeah. yeah one day ago so yeah one and a half hour long episode almost uh, i mean pretty much feature pretty length. much yeah yeah so feature movie length and overall i thought that episode was uh, pretty well done um i i my i have my complaints about uh, which was that was that sixth episode where they teleport everywhere yeah, you know like that raven that generally ran like i don't know how many miles and then yeah. a raven flew and then dragons flew and then yeah it was it was crazy it was well, all, all over the place i'm still willing to believe that these dragons have some magical past that you know lets them go from dragonstone which I is near the south i can believe the dragons part i can suspend my disbelief for yeah. that part but i ca- cannot believe that the ravens flew from eastwatch to dragonstone in that record speed yeah that's like saying i mean basically you know you went from somewhere like jammu to kanyakumari in in maybe like half a minute or one minute or something like that yeah maybe it's not that far off as well cuz i think westeros is like slightly not slightly it's like a extra, expanded version of england basically cuz that's mm. where martin bore from right the wall yeah. of fire roses so it's but it's still like in the books i mean it's not a direct reference but they've told that it's around A thousand or two thousand miles, so between that, and that's a lot. That's a he- heavy. It's a long distance. Must be because if I remember correctly, King's Landing and Winterfell are a thousand miles apart. More than that. Yeah. So then Winterfell and the Wall are still another five yeah. hundred miles or so, right? Something. I would guess. So and people calculate this obviously. Yeah. This like because the show is this popular, there are bound to be fans who will do this. And fans calculated that if the Raven is actually flying, even if it's like faster speed without stopping, because like. Ravens mm-hmm. are finally like you know living beings. They need food. They need rest. They can't just like fly like bionic ravens. Mm. So that would take two days for the raven, uh, half a day or like one fourth day for Gendry, and then probably one or one and a half day for dragons with Daenerys. Yeah. And that's if you put that together, that's around three to four days. And that's like a very optimistic estimate. Yeah, yeah. that's like not okay. accounting for exactly. delays. I mean, Daenerys and dragons also have to take food breaks and loo sure. breaks and whatnot, right? I mean, so. she can't just keep flying for one and a half yeah. days nonstop. Yeah. So, like, where is she sleeping? Where is yeah. the dragons? When is the dragon yeah. sleeping? Whatever. So that's three and a, three to four days without any breaks, and I don't think they 
they had to wait three, four days to attack them. Yeah. Back when on that island, yeah, why was the like? All. Why was the Night King waiting anyway? Why does he need his army when his javelin throw capacity and ability is so amazing? Yeah. So my guess is that I mean, there's a popular fan theory doing the rounds, which says that Bran Stark is actually the Night King. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. right now, Bran is everything, right? He is also the one who uh, made Hodor. What Hodor. is he achieving though by, yeah. by being the Night King? I don't understand that part of the theory. Like, yeah. why is he fighting so much? to bring down something and at the same time now the younger version of him is fighting to save it against his o- yeah. older self yeah, yeah so my theory is that uh, bran is has become the night king in some uh, weird capacity and he can see the future so he knew that uh, that standoff would lead to the dragon coming in and okay. he knew that he needed the dragon to ultimately spoiler right. alert break the wall so that eventually happened and then because even, he, the, the, even the throw right cuz like Drogon was the one which was sitting down yep. with the with the people, so that's a is easier target. It's a more valuable target because everyone's on it. And instead, he went for Viserion, who was flying and could have easily could have missed. Yeah, so then uh, I think hitting Drogon wouldn't have made for like that killer scene, right? Where the dragon. Or maybe it's actually... like a little too big. Maybe like yeah. oh, everyone dies, show over. Yeah, maybe that or who knows? Like maybe this uh, Drogon could have like unleashed a ball <laughs> of fire and destroyed that javelin. Uh, which the guy upstairs wasn't expecting because dragons also you have to realize that in that world they are pretty much the most powerful creatures out there. Yeah. And uh, like it happens, right? Whoever is at the top of the food chain, they become a little complacent. They don't think anybody else can attack them. So yeah, and plus you probably don't see a uh, ice javelin barreling at you through yeah. all the fog. So if they were, they'd been trained for it, which they clearly were not, as we saw in the previous episode when the crossbow was unleashed at yeah. at Drogon, right? Uh, so. I mean, obviously, the dragon took the hit and survived. So yeah. I don't think those guys were really trained for you know this kind of attack, uh, an attack on them. Yeah, which is why they need riders, right? Because like even though they are uh, amazing, powerful creatures capable mm. of uh, insane magic, they still need control. Yeah. That which is why if you don't control them, they'll start killing children and goats, as we saw yep. with Drogon and yeah. two seasons ago. Because they can't differentiate between what is good and what is bad. Yeah. They just like know how to live for themselves and fend for themselves. So, which is why, like, Daenerys is able to control and make sure that the, her dragons don't end up dying or in peril for themselves. Because yep. even that happened with the smaller dragon as well, right? At the end of season five or four, when he came to the rescue in the pit, hmm. and he took he took he took quite a beating from the sons of the harpy, and he somehow managed to survive with that. But clearly, like, the ice javelin made out of, I'm sure, special spells or something carved by the White Walkers is much more powerful because it it literally pierced through. Viserion and there was this like an outpouring of like blood everywhere. Yep, that that there was. Uh, but there were a couple of things which I couldn't understand. First of all, like as you said earlier, what is the motivation of this Night King? Like his entire army is just following him blindly, sure. Yeah. But the Night King, all he does is comes there and stares at the wall, and then you know suddenly the wall is gone, and <laughs> all he does is just walk towards these people, the living people, and attack them everywhere. Right. He's been doing it steadily from the north and coming south all the way. Yeah, which is amazing considering how fast everyone else moves and yeah. how slow the White Walkers move. Like yeah. it's taken them six and a half seasons to reach the wall yeah. when it took like everyone to like move around the court. Like look at Euron. Euron like was Euron sailed from Iron Islands to King's Landing and then back to uh, Castle Rock and then back to King's Landing like in one season. Yeah, and so w- until recently, I think that teleportation wasn't so much of a problem. Right? Yeah, until recently, everybody was holding their normal speed because it was written by Martin's word. And yeah. now that Martin's word has suddenly disappeared, 
the showrunners are like, ah, oh, screw it. We can progress at whatever rate we want to. Yeah. So I also did not understand, like, uh, first of all, like, I can understand their speed, White Walker's speed, because yeah. you have to wait for winter. I don't think these guys can survive in the summer. Yeah. So we saw this one scene towards the end of season seven, which showed that uh, winter finally arrived at King's Landing. King's Landing. Yeah. So that means that White Walkers can finally attack it, right? Yeah. Um, and that so, mean also means that next season is entirely going to be blue and grey. Yeah, it is entirely <laughs> going to be that. <laughs> not gonna see any yellows now yeah except drogon's fire and Rhaegal's fire yeah that that puts an extra challenge on all these streaming companies to show colors properly <laughs> <laughs> because when everything is blue you're thinking go totally wrong you know, yeah it's also like because because that creates a contrast right yeah. every time we would go to king's landing or winterfell we could certainly identify them by the colors but now we can't like yeah. now it's gonna be such a dreary show and i sometimes feel like like imagine the season six finale ending right that was like mm. so triumphant because finally after seeing her for like six seasons she was sailing towards westeros mm. with her whole armada and her dragons and which is like a boy intending you were like like so excited to see it and now i'm horrified now i'm like um now what's going to happen like are mm. they gonna like is the season going to open with just like them marching on winterfell straight and like people because i'm sure like the north cannot survive because yeah. if they if it, this is game of thrones after all and someone has to die i feel like if the White Walkers at least don't reach, you know, say halfway till the Twins, or actually better yet, King's Landing, then there aren't really those real stakes, right? Because the Westeros itself isn't threatened if the capital isn't threatened. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, right now the situation is such that the White Walker army is just marching on endlessly, mm. while uh, people south of them are bickering and you know, fighting over yeah. who's who and who wants to do what and <laughs> all that. So ultimately, I think the way the show is progressing, uh, we can see Jamie Lannister joining these uh, armies of the North. Yeah, which is him, why he left, right? Yeah, him yeah. alone, right? Nobody else. No, with he's him. not going to get any support. Yeah, so he's basically deserted them and he's going to join the armies of the North because, yeah, ultimately, like, I felt that while all the, uh, uh, like, plans and machinations of uh, Cersei, mm. they were all like purely motivated by selfish and evil reasons. Yeah, she's basically just yeah. thinking of herself and the baby now. Like, not yeah. even Jamie. Yeah. Like, we used to think at least um, before the finale that, you know, at least Cersei cared for Jamie and herself. Mm. But clearly, as we learned, she was willing to go behind Jamie's back and plot with Euron for the entire Golden Company thing we're going to yeah. see next season and not even tell her brother, like, who she clearly we had seen trusted so much since the beginning. So yeah, that's that's a surprising thing that you know even in the face of this kind of a threat, uh, she would still choose to just you know uh, basically stick by herself. Yeah. And uh, it, after the statement she made, I thought there was some hope that you know she would join the armies of the north and then mm. help them fight. And eventually, you know, they could have actually agreed to some kind of an amicable settlement. Yeah, uh, which is what like Jamie makes the point, yeah. right? He's like, you do realize someone's going to win. Like it's yeah. not like. They're going to just kill each other and like no one's going to be alive. Someone's going to win. So if the dead win, that means everyone else are, rises with them. Yeah. Yeah, which is, means we will see like dead versions of every dead ca- alive character. Mm. But if the And they'll come so- south and kill everyone, including yeah. Cersei. She can't like clearly win against their numbers. But if the other ones win, they will you they will realize you backstab them and they will plot to kill you again. Yeah, and that's ultimately going to like pay off in some way. Uh, so this season, I had hoped that we'd see the show getting rid of some of its villains, and that happened uh, in the way of what happened to Littlefinger. Yeah. But unfortunately, Cersei's fate is still awaited. But yeah, before we get into that, I just wanted to check with you: Do you think that this the this show has now finished uh, the Winds of Winter book, or do you think it's like in the middle of that somewhere? And I think it's in the middle of Winds of Winter because the next one is called A Dream of Spring. Yeah. And I feel like that obviously a dream of spring will mostly be still like the fight against White Walkers. 
and I feel like only the last few chapters will be or about at least probably the last third or something will be about the new world, you know. Where yeah, exactly. <laughs> so my guess would be that the Winds of Winter book would end somewhere with things looking really like dark for uh, the people of Westeros. Yeah, I feel like maybe the Winds of Winter, the the rate at which they've progressed this season. who knows maybe mm. they finish winter winter maybe exactly, the winter winter yeah. end is the wall falling yes and the that, next that, season that makes sense right? that makes yeah. poetic sense it's, it's called the winds of winter which means the winter which yeah. could, that's that's what they do right the white walkers are capable of changing weather the mm. moment they arrive the fog and the extra winter comes with them yep so i'm pretty sure that the, that signifies their stepping into the realm of the living yeah exactly and the dream of spring a uh, dream of spring that novel yeah. will probably be mostly about the battle uh, of westeros against the white walkers which hasn't happened yet which hasn't until happened, now yeah. like only the wildlings have been fighting them and you know some other isolated forces like that and uh, mostly they've been running away that's why they yeah. run right like twice yeah. jon snow has met them and both times he's basically had to be like okay guys i'll see you later yeah so it's it's so far just been you know retreat after retreat yeah. for which humans. they can't afford anymore because if yeah. they if they start retreating now they basically going to lose their lands yeah and as people mentioned they really can't swim the white workers so yeah. all they can do is just get on their ships <laughs> and get out <laughs> So yeah I think the big showdown of this whole thing is going to happen in King's Landing at some point in the future. Uh, I don't think until then the Dream mm. of Spring novel will be completed. The yeah, White Walkers also, have like, to reach King's Landing. Yeah also like as I just said before like it doesn't really give you that stake right if they're not yeah. actually threatening the entirety of Seven Kingdoms then you don't really feel those stakes hmm. which I mean which sets up for a horrifying season 8 right because that basically tells you that the Daenerys and the Targaryen and Stark alliance is going to fail that means because yeah. that's the only way they'll reach King's Landing and that's the only way Cersei will actually be convinced when she sees like a huge army outside her walls yeah i mean i don't think she's ever going to be convinced to like uh, fight for anybody but herself uh, but yeah ultimately i think that bravosi not bravosi the mercenary company Uh, right golden, golden company, company yeah. right so those people i think will be facing off against the white walkers and they will not be facing human Uh, enemies although i feel like because uh, game of thrones became popular for like appending the mm. what we expected right so i feel like i mean because it's called eventually game of thrones right it's not called a sh- show which is about the living versus the dead it's, it has a name which signifies it it's more about fighting with each other so i feel like even though they have six episode and considering how fast they moved they might just move faster in the next season mm. i feel like it would be better for the show or it could be at least interesting in another way that they might finish off the white walkers mm. but at a high cost where like the targaryen stark alliance somehow wins but is heavily di- diminished but now cersei is much stronger because they have lower numbers and cersei suddenly has even more numbers because she has the golden company and then it's about stopping cersei from taking over the seven kingdoms hmm maybe but the reason i don't see that happening is that every soldier that dies in this battle is a recruit for the white walkers right unless you have burned them first. yeah so it's i don't think you know every battle is going to go their way now that the wall is destroyed mm. i think first thing to fall will be winterfell i mean ironically so winterfell is actually isn't that north there are yeah. other smaller houses they have which will get ransacked in the way true they will but which the i'm very really sure what will happen is they'll just their people and their especially their lords will just fall back and mm. house themselves in winterfell because winterfell yeah. is the biggest of the north 
Yeah. So everybody will make a stand at Winterfell. That is going to happen. Yeah. You know it. And then eventually Winterfell will fall. So you know it'll uh, take after its name finally. And then, <laughs> you know the, then I think those people will have to retreat and then make a stand somewhere near King's yeah. Landing. And that's when they will have to go to Cersei and tell her that look, this is a threat that's on our door. We Which has taken fight. over half the continent yeah. already. That is finally when like the showdown will happen. But I don't think the uh, Golden Company mercenaries will be fighting humans for very long. Okay. Yeah. Also, I feel like, I mean, obviously you're not going to see the part of Euron recruiting them because I feel like the show doesn't have the yeah. extra budget to show <laughs> Essos again. Yeah. So it's all about, it's, it's, it's just going to Euron randomly appearing be like, okay, I have them. Yeah. And, uh, but I do feel uh, that somehow, like, they need like better sort of things to move on from. Like if it's, if it's this, this expected, if it's just, you know, uh, humanity versus the dead for the entire season, that that feels too simple for Game of Thrones for me. Hmm. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Like they need something more to sort of, I mean, they already given us more in that sense that Cersei is not helping them and she like, she lied to Tyrion's and everyone's faces, but they sort of need still, still another spark to sort of append everything and give us, like, you know, because that's the thing, right? Season 7, right? Like until season 5 at least and season, half of season 6, we used to always be on our guard because anyone could die. Hmm. But suddenly because this was the last, second to last season, they could, couldn't really kill anyone because they were saving sort of all the stakes for the final season. Like they, they want everyone there so they can sort of have even bigger moments in the final season, which meant uh, that everyone was basically protected, which is why Jamie doesn't die because Jamie has to uh, leave Cersei and then join so that that arc will never happen if he dies. Yeah. This, which is why John survives even though he goes into the frigid waters of beyond the wall with like three, four... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, those. three four whites. He still comes out because yeah. everyone is still being safe for the final season. Yeah, true that. But I think partly he also came out because those people can't swim, right? They in in <laughs> yeah. the water they suddenly die. Right. I don't know how, but they die. They die. So maybe these people should consider using water cannons or something like that against <laughs> them. Instead of like using like fire, which is like hard to come by and yeah. hard to manage, or dragon glass, which is you have to mine. Yeah. So yeah, let's see how that battle progresses and where the whole like show eventually goes. Uh, but there are a few wild cards in the show which uh, include Arya one mm. because now she is a faceless man technically, um, and like she is this assassin character who hasn't done much of assassinating. Yeah, I was disappointed like they didn't. Yeah. Which was we spoke about the other start of this episode, right? Yeah. That we we I expected more of that arc. Like the fact that you spend at least what two or three seasons with her in Bravos. You expect that to like continue more. Like, I, I mean, a better twist would have been to suddenly reveal that it was Arya inside Littlefinger. Yeah. Like she had already killed him long ago because she didn't like him. And mm. she was like, she couldn't stand him. Mm. And that suddenly it was like, Sansa would be like, what mm. the hell did you just do without my permission? Mm. That would set up a better, you know, like a uh, fight against them. Because you're like, how can you go against uh, what I haven't said and just like kill someone who brought us, uh, protect us from the Knights of the Vale. Mm. And instead of that, they just like went along the simple route. And even, it didn't even feel con convincing, did it? I mean, at least for me. Like, how did they figure out? Like, how did Sansa and Arya were cle uh, clever and if enough to figure out what Littlefinger was planning all the way? Yeah, so... Because we didn't ever got a si single sign that they were... There were some signs, weren't there? Like, there was that tense exchange between Sansa and Arya where, like, she points the Valyrian steel dagger right. at her and then flips it around. Yeah. Yeah, so there were some clues, but yeah, clearly they didn't build it up to the point that maybe Martin would have done himself. Where... That's probably they didn't want to build it up because then they don't want to give it away, right? Because yeah. there's no twist then if we see it coming, which is yeah. what happened last season. Like they gave away the whole Littlefinger coming to save them in Battle of the Bastards hmm. so much 
that we expected that to happen we were like okay just bring it them i mean yeah so i didn't mind that part at all i thought that part where little finger eventually was executed was pretty well done hmm. and i also loved how just arya went to him and did a no nonsense execution <laughs> you know instead that of them yeah that was cold yeah she just did it ekdam like as if you know she's Swift. chopping vegetables or something and <laughs> finished him off right there yeah and like one second she was done like next second like the dragon was back in its place and she was walking back coolly yeah and a pretty sad end for you know one of the maybe the best villains in this yeah, series yeah they probably one of the chief uh characters who basically started this show right yeah. like without him we don't get all this scheming without him yeah. as we as arya and bran and sansa helpfully pointed out to remind viewers uh we don't get the john aaron and the lisa aaron thing we don't get the uh betraying their father ned stark we and because of that we don't get everything else that happens after yeah. that So one of the biggest villains in the show had a rather disappointing end in some ways yeah. yeah but then ultimately if Littlefinger had to die it had to be in something like this kind of a way he, yeah. he would never have died in battle it made sense for it to like be come from Stark family yeah. who he wanted to who he has manipulated since the beginning hmm. and it's sort of like this season and the past season before this has been like sort of a Stark victory thing right because hmm. they've suffered so much for four or five seasons before that yeah. the show finally had to and the Martin himself finally had to give them due at some point which is what they've been doing now is like they're getting those small small wins again they've like they, Arya gets revenge on Frey uh and that Sansa gets his little finger thing and which is what slowly building up to like the Starks are basically coming into their own again yeah true that and i mean before we go to the other wild cards in the show a special mention for Theon Greyjoy who yeah. finally got a moment of victory <laughs> in the last episode and that too i don't know what it is about him that actor i forgot his name Alfie Allen ha huh, Alfie Allen what it is about him that he somehow lands these roles where he gets like punched and kicked <laughs> all the time the other day i was watching that movie John Wick in that right. movie also he gets punched and kicked like crazy yeah, but because... you guys you expect him like because he's yeah. so tall and lanky is that he sort of makes that perfect and yeah. alfie is amazing in that role because yep. like it takes some courage to portray the variety he has had to hmm. from a, a proud like member of a big family to being greek and then being this tormented guy who can't just escape his past now yeah and finally he tries to and ultimately how he defeats the other guy is that i will stand here no matter how much you hit me and then because there's nothing there like yeah <laughs> So like he kept hitting kept hitting and finally you know they landed a couple of punches. This is what like which, like you sort of like that like you know what what has been set up before you use that like if it were if, if it was just like Alfie like sorry Theon Greyjoy just coming into his own and beating someone up it would not be that believable. Yeah. The fact that they use he uses his weakness to convert that into strength is what makes a a good redemption start for him. Yeah so I also thought that there was like an homage to Raging Bull or Real Steel mm. for that matter. uh in in that scene because ultimately if you remember what happens in raging bull is that the guy uh like he's challenging the champion right yeah. and uh, he just keeps taking those punches keeps defending keeps defending until finally the other guy tires and then finally <laughs> he hits them so there was a bit of that and but overall the scene was very nicely done and finally those people d- decide to follow him and to rescue yara yeah. and hopefully their showdown with euron will happen In, yeah, the, in actually, the, the moment season. that happened, I think that happens before Cersei reveals it to Jaime, right? Yeah. So when that happened, I was like, "How is this going to exactly happen? Mm. You have one ship against like Euron's like insane armada, and obviously, but it was only later we found out that Euron actually won't de- be there at Iron Islands for all, like he's going to be in Essos. So that will probably make it slightly easier for Theon to sneak into Iron Islands and rescue his sister." Yeah, I think that that bit will happen and also those two will get their revenge on uh Euron at yeah. some point. And also uh, the other wild card that I wanted to mention here was uh 
what's her name the dawn lady elaria oh uh, elaria sand yeah so what happened to her is a mystery right she's just locked in there in the cell uh, yeah, so before you get your do your theory so i'll i'll let you know that the actress has said she's not returning oh okay yeah. so then she's just basically so, yeah. rotting there so it's basically like the show is telling us that she is basically going to die there until she's going to live there in the dungeon until she dies hmm Okay, so fine. So that that uh, yeah, that, that sort of like t- sort takes yeah it's yeah a, it's takes a damper it on the. I mean yeah, the the problem is, uh, Dawn has never been given its due, has it? Like since yeah. the beginning, they've been treated as a, a smaller of the smallest of the seven kingdoms, and I feel like that's gonna continue. I mean, I don't see who the image's successor is because now the sand people are dead, and uh, they killed the sand people killed the successors before they left, right? They killed the Martel family, so there's sort of a I mean, there's a power vacuum in most of Westeros, but there's a much bigger power vacuum in Dawn, yeah. which could have been avoided, right? Because this is one of the things that I mean, I was so disappointed about is that uh, season six, they were we were shown that there were uh, Greyjoy ships alongside Targaryen ships and uh, Dawn ships, right? And the plot here for Daenerys was to come to Dragonstone and then send the ships back to Dawn, when they could have easily stopped at Dawn on their way up. and then picked up the soldiers came come to dragonstone and then installed a blockade hmm. using the dawn soldiers around king's landing which is i feel which is what i felt the entire season the show writers and the show writers sort of have slowly eroded or erodes the uh, internal logic of the show is that the universe worked perfectly until they got the show in their hands where the books read out and now they basically setting up things which serve them instead of the things serving their plot yeah sure and if you remember i think uh, olena tyrell uh, was yeah. the one who had told uh, denerys that don't listen to these wise men i have listened to them long enough yeah. and right after that that entire plot she which you to. just mentioned they could have done that but you know instead of that uh, the whole uh, military adventure just goes completely haywire like and it also sort of for me like At, I mean, initially, I could understand that you know that Cersei still has advisors and and jo- Jaime working together. They somehow were outsmarting Tyrion. But after a point, it just felt out of character for me for Tyrion because we've seen right, we've seen Tyrion be a better leader in season one and two when he mm. like he mastermarded, minded the Blackwater Bay battle, and he then he saved. I think he was involved in another battle after that. Mm. And we've seen Tyrion to be like. Uh, smart enough to see these things come. Yep. But this season, he was just like so far behind the pace. He first lost uh, the Greyjoys in the sea, then he lost the Dawn thing uh, with them as well. Sorry, and then he lo- he locked the Unsullied away in Casterly Rock because he ref- even though he had the knowledge of the sewers, he re- he couldn't see that obviously they were gonna do that, hmm. and he just like kept fa- falling for it. And even then, in the finale. I mean, we haven't been told. Maybe Tyrion does see through Cersei's act of fooling him, but as it stands right now, Tyrion has been fooled again. Yeah, he has been fooled. That is true. But then it, uh, we should also consider the fact that if you study military history, invading a place is always much more difficult than defending it because right. you know the terrain much better. Hmm. And especially if you're getting foreign fighters to a land, hmm. then you are relying on one person whose expertise in military situations is hmm. maybe based on one or two battles here and there. He's yeah. not a lifelong military commander or anything. So somebody from the Night's Watch perhaps would have been a much better person to come. Or somebody from Kingsguard. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I so like to say yeah. here. the interesting why i'm going to mention this is so in the books they haven't killed uh, sir beristan selmy yeah which is and i feel like when does which obviously will happen there is will come to westeros in the books as well and beristan selmy i feel like will be alive he with tyrion if tyrion gets 
is end up in data as well which makes sense because they sort of slowly progressing there even though they aren't there yet which will make a much better pairing because i feel yeah. like Tyrion's plans will be consulted and cross-checked by a person who was who spent a long time in the King's Guard. Yeah, exactly. So if you don't have any other person who with like right. proper yeah. military ac- acumen, then it's always going to be a problem. I don't know a single war that's fought in modern times that relies on one person's True. expertise of the area. It's always a committee that you know gives the suggestions, and finally the best one is chosen. Right? Yeah. In this, it's like Daenerys is looking at Tyrion, and Tyrion is saying, "We'll do this. We'll do that. We'll do this. We'll do that." And they are following the exact same thing because he's the only one who knows Westeros. Yeah. Everyone else is just standing there looking at uh, Daenerys. In I a, mean, even his know. plan for like beyond the wall. I mean, j- they would have all died if yeah. it wasn't for Daenerys refusing to not go. Yeah, it was a highly risky plan ultimately. So yeah, I mean, all of the stories that maybe they should trust Tyrion's military advice a little less. Yeah, is much Which is better. Which like you uh, said, right, Olena? Yeah. She says. If you're a, you're a, you're a dragon, be a dragon. Yeah, and ultimately she does that, and she wins uh, pretty much everywhere except for losing that one dragon yeah. when she goes. Which beyond is because the like the, the we ha- Night King is so much more powerful than any yeah. other person. Yeah. So in this uh, whole thing, I can't understand the role of Arya anymore because she is like a silent assassin type person whose sole job is to get revenge on all these people at this point. Mm. Um, so I can't understand what she's going to do in the future season considering that most of the focus is going to be on the battle with the White Walkers. Yeah, because Arya is not really a person who can be on the battlefield. Yeah, even if you remember she's, she's, Jack she's and Gar. She's an assassin, which means she can take out one two targets she yeah, can't exactly. like take out entire armies so jack and hagar from season one of game of thrones right he what he did was the battle was going on uh that whole you know standoff was mm. going on between king's landing and the starks and whatnot um in that he just kind of kidnapped uh a couple of people here and there helped Arya escape like took out one or mm. two targets here and there so that kind of uh, rescue mission Maybe that is or something. Or strategic missions, like strategic yeah. kills, she can do. But thing is, like, there's no st- strategic kills when your army consists of dead people. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, who so it, it doesn't matter if you kill some of them. There, there are more of them left. And I'm sure it doesn't matter. I'm sure if you like, even if, like, I'm, I don't think it's going to happen with Arya. I'm sure someone else will have to do it. Even if she manages to like touch or like kill the Night King, I'm sure one of them other will stand up and become the new Night King. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think she's going to play much of a role in that battle, but I think she's going to play a bigger role in that battle against the uh, Lannister army yeah. Yeah, and the Golden Company, whatever. I feel like it makes more sense for her to now travel south and like yeah. find some other mission. Yeah, and also like that whole prophecy could also come true about Cersei dying at the hands of her younger sibling. Uh, could come true if Arya impersonates one of these people and then ends up killing right. Yeah, so that is also something to watch out for. Mm. Um, other than that, the final wild card that I wanted to bring up was Bran Stark. Uh, yeah, he's the biggest wild card, yeah, easily so by far. At this point, like he is everyone and he is everything. But what exactly has he done this season? Not much, really, except for finding out uh, Jon Snow's true lineage, which we'll which get we, to. He found out like last season, by the way. Yeah, but and he like he kept that to himself yeah. for like that entire season, just yeah. so he could tell him in the next season. Yeah. Like, what the hell are you doing, Bran? Yeah, he was acting so weird the moment he got like, yeah. like that scene with Mira Reed. I was so heartbroken. I was like, mm. how can you treat someone who lost her brother, who like left her family for you, who's seen like people, more people die around you, who's even seen your uh, dire wolf die because of around you, who's like who's killed White Walkers? She took on a White Walker in the cave and she vanquished him. And this is what you give her a return? Uh, I am Bran, but I am so much more now. Yeah. These emotional that, 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 relationships don't matter to me at all. I am the most ungrateful person you've ever met. Like, how can... <laughs> I mean, seriously, the writer should have given her a scene where she steps forward and slaps him across the face. At least that would have 
made some justice yeah if nothing else at least throw a stone or two at him and then the literally the next episode when he meets sansa for the first time he he brings up her the worst night of her, her life like mm. do you have any compassion left in you So yeah, overall I'm pretty disappointed with what branded uh, the whole of the season. The way his I mean sure yeah you have to show that he is transcended yeah. into this th- three-eyed raven or whatever. But I feel that the process was too sudden. Like from being Which like Which is a, like basically true for the entire show now, right? Yeah. So he they, that gradual uh, development into this emotionless all-seeing omnipotent god-like character did not happen at like all. It also feels like too much of a trope, right? Like yeah. every time that's how like movies and TVs deal with these things. Yeah. If someone is really smart they have like zero emotional sense yeah and that's basically basically what they're applying to brand now that like now because he's like he has to control the world and like see everything he like he can't be touching with his inside feelings of brand stock yeah sure so yeah i i still don't know what exactly he is going to be doing in the battles to come but uh, i do i mean he could feel... be doing a lot though right because like the thing we talked about like the tra- teleportation thing he could have solved that He could yeah. have saw that in like with a snap of his finger. He mm-hmm. could have seen because he—that's what he says, right? He says he can see the past and the present. He can't see the future. He can also go to random places in the present and go and talk to people, right? He can. Uh, didn't he do that earlier? Like uh, every time he can tries to see anything the Night King is doing, the Night King can see him, and he yeah, can I, like. Yeah, I think that's probably because like Night King has like powers that we've never been told, which include yeah. like seeing brands. Uh, who is like an insane? Who is a three-driven throwing like ice javelins yeah. at like insane throw and everything else? And secondly, what about the bit with Hodor? So I think the Hodor thing happened through a vision. So he yeah. went into the past, and then through the past he controlled the person because like that's another thing trait of his, right? He can walk into animals and people who are not that strong-willed. Hmm. So Hodor sort of fell into that category for him, but because he he he. Screwed, screwed up his Hodor's mind because he went through him in the past vision. Hmm. If he had come back out of the vision and then controlled Hodor, then that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, maybe. But at this point, like I feel that he is a godlike character in this, like too overpowered. And he could be doing more, right? Yeah, and like the whole season, he did practically nothing. Uh, he just waited for like Sam, t- which like was another funny thing for me that like while everyone is jumping so much, Sam took like half the season. to travel from citadel to winterfell yeah maybe he was just you know he stopped at a couple of places to get a couple of pies or something yeah like he probably met hot pie like oh you met arya okay yeah. <laughs> i haven't seen her i'll probably see her now yeah and what not and also uh, i feel that uh, in this entire season sam did more than branded <laughs> which is just really sad considering that bran has so many powers and all that i mean yeah like he could have felt like just instead of just telling john through a letter you know that i've seen this like give him more knowledge yeah like you know like use your seeing powers while he's they are traveling and tell them you know they're coming from this side they're coming from this side uh you want might want to be careful this is where a, a a white is how you can defeat them where you can ex- escape like use your powers as basically like an as a god of a, as an internet entity right he can he basically has surveillance cameras yeah he can use a bird as a surveillance camera and then basically tell them how to outlive them and yeah. he did nothing he just stood, stood there while they fetched ravens from here and dragons flew and everything happened so i do think that bran is eventually going to end up inside that tree which he keeps uh, keeps sitting near right yeah and uh, ultimately the white walkers will overrun every territory uh, but i think they won't be able to get inside that tree that's also going to be a theme in yeah. in the show because the previous uh, three eyed raven ended up in a tree right yeah, yeah he, I mean, he was inside the I tree yeah, and he's just like move. last tv see him as in the vision and he just like yeah converts himself into like liquid and like 
evaporates or something. Yeah, that was rather strange. So, I mean, it's a world full of magic and dragons. So yeah, so we'll find out what what Bran does in in the future. But because it's also like the the much more be- believable theory of Bran for me is the that he's the same Bran as every other Bran, right? Yeah, Bran but, the Builder. Yeah, so yeah. he's he's also the Brandon the Builder. He's also his. Uh, I mean, that would also make him his dad's. Uh, brother or uncle because there was another brandon stark mm. so that would also make him his uh, another brand who like died in king's landing and yeah that would like that would insanely be like creepy and also make sense considering he's capable of controlling people yeah and if my theory is correct he's also the night king so <laughs> bran is everyone bran is everything kill bran the entire show is over yeah, so maybe like <laughs> when night king finally speaks one day he'll be like i am bran uh yeah probably maybe he's going to say like something the equivalent of hodor I or he's like chaos is a ladder yeah he's like he's stealing words from brian who's stealing words from little finger yeah <laughs> anyway so uh, the other thing the big thing that we haven't touched upon so far is that john snow is not really john snow is he he's yeah. john sand <laughs> he's not john sand he's aegon targaryen yeah aegon targaryen to to be frank uh, the show has gone on for so long that i have totally lost track of all the targaryens who's who and who's what uh, Daenerys had two elder brothers right one was Rhaegar and the other one was Viserys yeah. was he yeah Rhaegar seemed to be like the uh, like you know not afflicted by this so he annulled yeah, his marriage he's, he's like the white knight you have in stories right because yeah. even though he's like a tormented white knight because he has a wife he had a wife with, in Elena Maltel he had two sons uh, not two sons he had a son and a girl hmm. and then he left them because as we now found out this season yeah. he left them he annulled his marriage which means both his uh, children were taken out of the line of succession they wouldn't even have his surname after that and then he took up with Lyanna yeah and then eventually that's what led to the Which rebellion would make her Lyanna Targaryen then yeah and then ultimately that's what led to the whole uh, rebellion happening which was built on a lie as we found out later yeah. and after that like all these events are happening because the Starks and yeah. everyone men- always maintained that you know that, that she- he had kidnapped her and raped her yeah. but now as we clearly know that isn't true Yeah frankly if, I can't understand why they couldn't just tell those people that no I haven't kidnapped and what not no because they it was the they betrothed right because yeah. he already had a wife uh-huh. and under so the the seven the seven gods which is the main faith in king's landing is the same as sort of uh, to christianity mm. so which means they don't allow divorces so oh. you ca- you can't technically leave your wife for somebody else once you marry them mm. that would not be looked upon nicely especially for a prince mm. who's going to be king soon and that would also clearly destroy their uh, alliance with martels which mm. was like a powerful house in dawn and at the same time lyanna was betrothed to robert baratheon mm. who eventually became king because of the rebellion and that would be- create a rift between them because the northern and the southern you were crossing a sort of like a uh, not a caste but like a racial sort of divide right because mm-hmm. they were marrying within each other and you sort of you sort of stole his wife to be yeah So yeah, overall that whole angle, the way they revealed it was pretty killer. Yeah. And uh, then yeah, Jon Snow suddenly Aegon Targaryen, and he doesn't even know. And then him and Daenerys are like. I mean, I actually like the fact that you know that Bran cannot just randomly accept anything. Yeah. Uh, that he needs to be told what he is looking for. Yeah. Because that that sort of controls being from being OP, right? Otherwise, he mm-hmm. can just go anywhere, see anything, and be like, "Ha, ye hua tha." So at least like that keeps him in check, sort of. That yeah. and also that he couldn't anticipate what's written in a book. because he can only see past events he doesn't have access to books as well hmm. so that's why because like that sam had information which brand didn't have and brand had information which sam didn't have and only when they spoke to each other that we got this yeah so brand is like a combination of google and facebook 
Like he knows like they know like YouTube because he yeah. has like videos. Yeah, and then well. Sam is like Wikipedia basically now. Yeah, oh, he's like slowly turning into he it. He can get information about whatever, but ultimately, if you don't enter your search query, yeah, uh, yeah, then you don't get to see <laughs> yeah. it. You won't get to see it. Yeah, yeah sure. you can like, you can write uh, Leona's son, but nothing will turn up because nobody talks about it. Yeah, exactly. You can only write Leona Regar, and then someone has filed that, and you can access that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, true. So the Targaryen uh, like full. dynasty is going to be back clearly yeah. after all this yeah and it and sets up like a not just like a one on one dragon but like a two on one dragon now yeah. because like this is obviously setting up like obviously uh, once brand tells him i'm pretty sure like because oh they will only tormund and uh, beric know that that dragon has actually been converted all everyone else thinks the dragon is just dead right yeah and if they make it out of there which seems very unlikely considering how the east watch just came down on itself mm. and went into the water Although we've seen people survive worse things now, uh, they will probably tell them that you know, uh, undead dragon is on their way. So yeah, and how can the undead dragon fly with so many holes in its wings? That is something I can't understand yeah, so either. Physics is not, but I feel like that, that was intentionally done to uh, show that it's that undead. you differentiate if he doesn't use his blue flame. Yeah, which makes him very like a Godzilla, but who can fly? Yeah, basically. sort of. Yeah, so that that dangerous dragon is out there. Yeah, but what I was getting to to was uh, sorry, what I was getting to. uh was that uh because now it's it's confirmed george's father or a god's father depending on how you want to refer him hmm. is regar it sets him to uh become a rider for regal which is his based on his father's name yeah. it's quite obvious sort of now yeah so that whole family tree has finally been completed in in uh, in a way yeah. and But now you know it, the equation it does debunk the other theory which was always was that tyrion was a targaryen but i don't think they're going there even if the books are going there because there's only two dragons now so it doesn't make sense to make him exactly so two on one right night king has one dragon daenerys has one dragon yeah. and obviously john john will climb on yeah. the other sorry aegon will get the other one <laughs> whatever like i feel like i should still call up john because i've had seven seasons of calling up john i'm not suddenly going to start calling up aegon for what season man aegon is such a bad, like cool name john is like a random yeah i get it but i feel like aegon is also so overused so there was yeah. aegon the first was the one who the first targaryen who took over westeros and everyone bent the knee to him yeah uh there there were like multiple aegons in between who no one really cares about and then aegon the 5th uh was important for some reason which i forgot and aegon the 6th was uh technically the one who was killed by the mountain hmm. and who was elia martel's son yeah so that makes him aegon the 7th when he's actually known hmm aegon the 7th <laughs> instead of just jon snow yeah So for those who want something to read other than uh, Game of Thrones you know in this time that you'll have to wait for the next season uh, there's this fantastic uh, series called Malazan Book of the Fallen uh, yeah. that you should definitely read if you like this kind of a thing uh, Malazan Book of the Fallen is also known for like primary characters just dying mm. uh, randomly so don't expect anybody you like to survive <laughs> yeah and uh, also very well written the story is really detailed the world is really epic and also something uh, george r r martin can learn from the author steven erickson he wrote 10 books and he released them in 10 years uh, one book per year that is insane and each book is very long like 800 900 pages long so yeah maybe you know hopefully something <laughs> will be learned from that and the book the final two books will be out anytime soon but it doesn't look like it but anyway before in terms of uh, shows uh, i think if people want to to spread there's obviously hbo is trying to keep its own audience obviously yeah. no network in the world would want to lose 10 million 10 million viewers a night and like so many around the world cuz game of thrones is still the most pirated tv show in the world hmm. so uh, hbo has its own shows but if you want something which is like game of thrones like fantasy something 
and you can people can either watch Rome, which was like a short-lived series, like quite a few years ago now. I think at, le- at least a decade. Or you can try the real th- story that Game of Thrones is based on, which is War of the Roses. Hmm. So BBC has made I think it's just like Sherlock has like two three episodes every two seasons, uh, two years. Uh, War of the Roses on BBC is like I think they have four or five parts over the last three years, hmm. and, and it has like big big actors as well. So they've gotten Benedict Cumberbatch was. They've gotten uh, Tom Hiddleston awards, so it's mm. still like it's not like an unknown character. Yeah, all right. And there's also a couple of games that I can recommend, which you can play in the meantime. Uh, there's obviously the Telltale series itself. Yeah, the Telltale Game of Thrones series is there, but you know, like I, I'm not a huge fan of uh, like episodic click. Yeah, I mean, you have yeah. to pay or buy not, episodes. Not me either. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, there are some other strategy games which you can try. Uh, Age of Empires is obviously like a venerable classic yeah. uh, in in a same mold. But if you want something that uh, has more of a story and all, then try the Banner Saga series. Right. Really good story. Uh, you have to make equally hard choices as you see in Game and of Thrones. If you Thrones. want something Game of Thrones, but like you can you, you can try the Crusader Kings too because they actually yeah. have Game of Thrones mods. Yeah. So you could like turn the map into Westeros and like have your own uh, side basically arcs of like taking over the Westeros yourself. Yeah, lots of things to do. Basically, in, fan in fiction the, at this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the meantime, all right. So or you can also do the encyclopedia I mentioned. Like, if you really want in-depth knowledge of past events, because like this season has done, done a lot, right? Because mm. it's thrown up like random facts, and people are like, who's Rhaegar? Who's like Lyanna? Yeah, yeah. So like, if you really want to find out the past of like Game of Thrones before like these people started living, then there's World of Ice and Fire, the big encyclopedia, which like yeah. takes you from everything from Doom of Valeria to what, what are knights, how the houses came about. Like, fun fact, like, Baratheon House was started by a bastard. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, this, like the huge fun facts, like, basically to impress people at the next watching party. Yeah, frankly, I'm not really too concerned about, like, uh, things like that. What I want to know more about is that ancient world where the children of the forest were taking on the White Walkers and they created the White Walkers to So, I think there's some the of that as well in the book. But yeah, it's, so, yeah, it's not been explored much. Yeah. yeah, so that's the part that I would like more uh, than anything else, which is why I really enjoyed the previous season where Bran was having all these yeah, visions and, you know. We, we got to see how they were the first world was created. Mm. Actually, how the Night King himself was created. Yeah. Anyway, so finally, before we close the episode, I think we should just pick one favorite moment from this season. Um, I mean, if you, you want first. Okay. <laughs> uh, so it is a hard choice, honestly, but I would still pick that original moment where Arya gets revenge on the phrase. Right. Yeah, that was like a perfect beginning for the show. And it also like served some ice cold revenge, which I really wanted uh, for a very long time in the show. Simply because what the phrase did was like another level of inhuman. Yeah. Um, like you can't just kill an entire family simply because one person did not marry your uh, daughter or yeah. whatever. That's that's just not done. I mean, maybe you go and wage war against that person. And that was get, one of those things yeah. like that was truly uh, unexpected this season. Like we, yeah. we just thought we were like, is this a flashback? Because we discussed it, right? The episode. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. Is it, was this a flashback? What, what is happening? Yeah. So like, oh, Arya. Yeah. So one of the most evil events in the history of Game of Thrones, that Red Wedding episode is probably the goriest yet, in spite of so many battles happening and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was really glad to see that, you know, this that arc was closed and finally... I mean, Arya, people... Arya gave a challenge to that. I'm pretty sure she yeah. killed as many people, as many phrase as they were at Red Wedding. Yeah. All of them pretty much got wiped out, yeah. right? So that was in one shot, like she managed a, almost like a Sept of Baylor moment without the... You Much know... quieter moment. Yeah. Like, po- poison. 
yeah so everybody just died and that was quite good and also it showed that you know she knew her targets very well yeah. and she did not let the other serving girl um drink that poison die needlessly yeah yeah so that that was actually very good that i think would be my favorite so i don't really have uh, one favorite moment i think for me it's like on all the like tiny conversations like even like something because this is fresh to my mind like even the small the moments between brian and the hound when they're walking yeah uh, which is why Discussing i I, I really enjoyed even like I enjoyed the beginning of Beyond the Wall because it was more about people talking to each other, especially like Tormund's like learning like new words, how to like pronounce penis in other languages, <laughs> and then like you know little moments between like uh, Jora or Jord, and even moments between like I feel like the Stark moments weren't done that well. They could have been longer. They could have been earned properly, mm-hmm. or like the, even the conversation because this is again fresh in my mind, like the Tyrion and Cersei. So I feel like which is what like made this Game of Thrones so enriching, right? Yeah. the political intrigue the exchanges like you you find out so much more about these characters than when someone is sitting on a dragon and just like burning up an entire army yeah although i would i would if i were to guess i would say that a lot of people were yeah. uh, really happy with that dragon burning i mean yeah although for again for like me in that scene like i had more for around the side moments of like how brawn was trying to get to that crossbow mm. of Jamie's reaction like I, I that's going to be edged in my mind forever mm. the moment like Jamie says take cover mm. to his soldiers and they all lift up their shields yeah. and one second later they're all turned to ash yep like the look on his face after that was like just tells you how terrifying it is to face these creatures in the battlefield yeah that's true a lot of people would pick a lot of dragon moments including mm. you know the uh, dragon turning into a white walker yeah. and what not there was there were a lot of epic moments in this show but Yeah it's i mean our both of our choices are kind of unexpected <laughs> so we are clearly not the you know uh, we are not with the popular give opinion give us more of the scheming give us a little finger spin off yeah not going to happen though from here on i think the show is going to be all about epic moments and yeah. massive battles and and whatnot. even the ones we are getting like we we do yeah. know hbo wants more shows yeah. beyond game of thrones spin offs and they all yeah. they all spin offs and they all prequels yeah. and they won't involve a single of these characters and martin has already already said what they won't involve So he has a novella called Duncan Egg, which is about a knight and someone else, which won't be adapted, and it won't be about Robert's rebellion. So anyone hoping to see more of Rhaegar and to see more of Targaryens and dragons is not gonna be happy with the success shows. But we do know that there are five in development, so there's a lot to expect even beyond 2019. Yeah, but I am honestly not looking forward to it. Just finish this show and that's <laughs> it. I am done. I d- I don't really want to like engage in any of these spin-offs. I still think that he adds a lot to the ultimate like to the way the show is developed, which is clearly we- we've seen in season 7 now. Yeah, so I would rather take his version right now even if it's like 1000 pages long than yeah. take a rushed out show which doesn't know when to pause and yeah so at how this to perform. point i am just waiting for like the end in the show and i'm <laughs> i don't want anything beyond that because martin is not involved yeah mm, can't expect that much from the writing in the and show and i really doubt even if a book comes out say the next 4 months that's not going to change the writing process because i'm pretty sure that's the reason way show works are they've already started writing i'm pretty sure they've already finished writing most of it so they know the big things So it's not going to like a, a new book is not going to change how they approach the next season. On that rather cheery note, I think we should conclude the podcast. And um, as always, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Instagram at gadgets360. If you have any questions, comments or feedback or if you have any of your own fan theories around Game of Thrones, you can write to us at podcast@gadgets360.com. The music for this episode comes by Magnus Solai Paulson whose album PPP PPP is where the tracks are from. Thanks for listening. 